Well, I've got the privilege of sharing God's Word with you this morning, and uh, I trust that uh, it'll be encouraging, and, and I just want to pray for us as we start. Lord, I pray that as, as we sit under your Word, Lord God, that our hearts will be open, that our minds will be clear, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that the words that comes from our mouth, Lord God, will be pleasing first and foremost to you, Lord God, and then encouraging to our souls for all of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've been, we've been just looking around different topics, uh, different elements of, of being a base church. Uh, if you can remember, um, a few months ago, we spoke about uh, repositioning in the garden. James preached about how what happens when a, when a plant is moved from being a, a plot, pot plant to a, a, a space in the garden where the roots can grow and extend and the consequences of that. And, and so we believe that we're in the process of God doing that with us. Sometimes it's an uncomfortable process. Sometimes the, the soil that's in the pot, uh, is, is, it's time to change it and you've got to shake out the, 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 the roots, shake loose the clogs and clumps of soil and plant it in fresh new soil. That's fertilized, that's aerated, that's ready to receive. And so we're trusting that as we share the different, on the different topics that, that we feel God has given us, that that will happen to us, each one of us. And I want you to know that for me, the process of preparing in that, I'm not just going to uh, the knee-jerk, the, the things that are comfortable, the topics that we know, but we're really trusting God for words that will encourage us now, words that will inspire us. And so this morning what I want to preach on is on living a prophetic lifestyle. Living a prophetic lifestyle. Not being a prophet. Although when you live a prophetic lifestyle, there could be elements of prophecy involved. But living a prophetic lifestyle. A distinctive lifestyle. A lifestyle of one who hears God's voice. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 11. The, the scripture will come up on the screen. That's the word as well. So 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, Jess, you're going to have to bear with me and, and try not to run ahead of me if that's okay. I'd rather you lag a little bit behind than, than jump ahead. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord... When last have you heard that we've got a fearful responsibility to the Lord? A fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. When last have you heard that preached? That we have a fearful responsibility to work hard to persuade others. Gee, there's some strong language this morning. Settle down, Vernon. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us, so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. I just want to hit the pause button there. I really want to encourage 
those of us who are here that are still going to school, the youth. Guys, this message is so relevant to you today. Why do I say that? Because of what the things are that you face in school today. The things that's being thrown at you. The things that you are being taught. The things that are being imposed on you. Don't disengage this morning. Engage with what God wants to share with us this morning. Is that alright? And if it seems that we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. It's a little bit different from the the message that the world is telling us today. Hey, that, hey, whatever is good for you, whatever makes you happy, just do that. Contrary to what Scripture teaches us. As a result, verse 16 says, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. When you look at those around you, when you, when you consider reaching out to those around you, from what point of view do you look at them? From whose perspective do you look at them? At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now this means that anyone who belongs to christ has become a new person isn't that beautiful we have become new people the old life is gone and a new life has begun and all of this is a gift from god will you pump someone in the ribs next to you and say you've got a gift from god you've got a gift from god All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. Do you want to know what your task is? Do you know what your role is? What you were made for? To reconcile others back to God. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. No longer counting people's sin against him. Thank you, Jesus. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. What a privilege. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. What an amazing passage. What a powerful passage. And we see throughout history, from the beginning of time, that God would choose people to speak on His behalf to those around them that doesn't know Him yet. We see that God chose individuals. God chose a nation In the Old Testament, we saw that that the nation of Israel were chosen because of Abraham's faith. Because of Abraham's faithfulness. At various times, God also chose individuals to be the voice to the nation who sometimes strayed away. 
went their own way, did their own thing, and then God would bring them back. And the Bible teaches us at the perfect time, at just the right time, God chose to send us Jesus. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this, The sun is the radiance of God's glory, and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. After He provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Jesus is the ultimate ambassador of God to the earth. (laughs) And like Him, we just read, we are called to be ambassadors to those around us. Now, you might ask, like, what has all of this got to do with me? Well, in Matthew 28, as we've heard in the last few weeks, when Jesus left His disciples, He said what to them? Go and make disciples, right? Go make disciples, teaching them to obey everything that I've taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus' last words to us is that we are supposed to go and do what? Reconcile. That's what it means to go and make disciples. That's what it means to be evangelistic. To, to, to share the good news of Jesus is we're creating moments where people can be reconciled back to God. Interesting word, reconciliation. Any accountants in the house? Any accountants? Anybody that does any form of accounting? Budgeting. Okay, anybody that does budgeting? <laughs> Here we go. Yes. What does reconciliation mean, Alan? What what is it but what does it mean? What are you trying to accomplish? Bring the two together by doing what? So that it? There's harmony. There's harmony between what you get in your finances and what the accounting is of what goes out. And so that's what happens when Jesus gives his life to us. When we come to and accept him, there is a balancing out that happens that enables us to be in relationship with God the Father. The ultimate reconciliation. So for us to be effective in our reconciliation role, there's one thing that is very important. One thing that, that kind of like sets what we do apart from just being in a club. Right? Because, I mean, people are involved with good things, right? There's a lot of good causes out there. I mean, honestly, in the UK, there's so... I mean, charity shops and people give and people, you know, just give things that have never been worn away. And it's, it's incredible the generosity that already exists in the UK. There are a lot of good causes that people can be involved with. There's a lot of good clubs that people can be involved with. So, so what is it that makes us different? It's the fact that we deal with people's eternity. Not just the here and now, but it involves eternity. So when we speak to them, it cannot just be on the basis of feel good, can it? It's a little bit, it's a little bit imposing. It's a little bit scary. Anybody here feel scared talking to anyone else? At work? 
No, everybody confident. Gee, okay, let's let's uh, close up. Gee, <laughs> is it just me? <laughs> or are we all shy this morning? <laughs> it's not easy to be an ambassador for Christ in today's age, is it? I remember when I started in, uh, in, at 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 Costa, people were like, "Why did you come to the UK? Came to plant a church? What? Like God Squad stuff?" Like, what is that like? you like some crazy wacko. So I'm not into that God, those God, this God stuff. You know, I've, I've, got, I've got my other things. I don't need God in my life. It's, it's a little bit intimidating to speak to others, right? So what is it that we need to step out? What did Peter need to step out of the boat? Need it? faith (laughs) nice well done (laughs) well done how many of you feel like me that you often need a lot of faith to do what God is asking you to do how many of you feel that you need a lot of faith to speak up when people say some of the things that they say when the conversation around you is burning your ears and burning your heart. And you are now supposed to be an ambassador to these people? It's hard. So how do we, how do we stir our faith? I'm so glad you asked that, Jen. <laughs> Romans 10 verse 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. The Word of God. Faith is stirred. Faith comes when we hear God's Word into our hearts. So if you don't have faith for what you need to face, for your decisions, for reaching out, for for whatever it is that you're going through, what do you need to do? You need to hear God's voice. You need to hear God's voice speaking to your heart to stir that faith. And faith comes by hearing, like I said. So I just want to talk about two aspects. Have you heard about rhema word and the logos word? Have you heard that before? Yes? No? If you, if you haven't, it's okay. To, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a trick question. I know there might be some people that haven't heard the difference. When, it, when the Bible talks about the word of God. When God speaks, there are two main uh, words, Greek words that use that's used: logos and rhema. Logos is the written word, unchanging. Rhema is the written word breathed to life into a circumstance, into a moment, into our hearts. And so, what needs to happen for us to have our faith stirred? Oftentimes, we, we, we don't know, Lord, how do I do this? We need the written Word of God breathed to life by the Holy Spirit into our hearts so that we can step out in faith in that moment. Right? Couples. Husbands, wives. Have you ever been in a situation with your partner where you go like, I don't know what to do right now? <laughs> uh, Tuesday nights, couple counseling, if you guys want to join us. Thank you for being honest there. 
But there's been many times when Vicky and I were at loggerheads about something, and I can tell you now, I didn't have faith in knowing how to deal with that situation. Sorry for being vulnerable. And in that moment, what I needed is the Holy Spirit to give me faith and a solution on how to move forward. I've been in situations at work where I didn't have faith for what needed to happen. And I needed to withdraw into my, into my, my spirit and say, Lord, I need faith right now. And do you know how funny it is? That that morning when I read my Bible, the Holy Spirit will remind me of a verse that I read that morning. Has it ever happened to you? Ever happened to you where you needed some kind of inspiration and then the Holy Spirit reminds you? That's a rhema word. That is what God does to give us courage, boldness to do what He's called us to do. A result of hearing God's voice and the faith it produces means that we live a prophetic lifestyle. The result of hearing God's voice and the faith it produces means that we live a prophetic lifestyle. Why? Because we show people a different future. We show people a future that they are not living in reality of. One filled with hope. One filled where, where they, their lives can be different to what it is now. Romans 8 verse 14 says this, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. We need to live lives that are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? You still with me? Remember earlier I said that Jesus was the ultimate ambassador? This is the kind of lifestyle that Jesus lived. Jesus lived a prophetic lifestyle. He not only preached it, but he practiced it. He not only preached it, but he practiced it. <laughs> Have you ever said to your kids, don't do what I do, do what I say? Tell you, it's funny, but it's, it's dangerous. Because if we live a different lifestyle from what we preach, what do you think your kids are going to do? What do you think the people around you are going to believe? They're going to they're copy what, you, what they see, what they experience. I said something to Vicky yesterday. I said, the problem with raising a daughter that is independent and courageous is that she's independent and courageous. <laughs> because it's a moment where I'm like, I don't want you to be independent right now. I want you to say that you're going to miss me. Isaiah <laughs> uh. 50 verse 4 to 7 is a prophetic picture of the, earthly, uh, the early life of Lord Jesus and His ministry. But also about his ongoing daily relationship with God his Father. Read with me. Verse 4. The sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom. Do you need words of wisdom in moments? Where does it come from? A sovereign Lord. So that I may know how to comfort the weary. 
Is there anybody at work that's weary around you? Where do you get the wisdom to speak into the weariness? From the sovereign Lord. Morning by morning, He wakens me. And opens my understanding to His will. The sovereign Lord has spoken to me, and I have listened. And I have not rebelled and turned away. Pause there for a moment. Do you believe that God speaks to you every moment of every day? Or do you live your life like it only speaks to you Sunday? On Sunday. On Sunday and every now and again at home group. Or what about just in the mornings? Because that's the five minutes I've given him of my day. And when he speaks, we've got a choice to make. When he tells us what he wants us to do, when he encourages us, we've got a choice to make. We're not created to be robots. Thank God. God doesn't force us to do anything. He gives us a choice. And you and I get to choose to to listen and walk in the benefit from what he said or reject what he's saying and live in the consequences of what we choose. And then, if you're like me, sometimes when we do that, we still blame God. It's funny how we want the consequences of what we, uh, the consequences of doing what God said, but we still want to live the way we want to live. You guys are right? I'm not picking on you. I offered my back. How's this? I offered my back to those who beat me. And my cheeks. I mean, it's like... He, Jesus offered his back. No one made him endure it. He offered his cheek to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. What an ambassador. What a lifestyle. This is Jesus speaking. To know the word that sustains the weary. How did that come? How did Jesus live in that reality? He lived in that reality because morning by morning, God woke him up. God spoke to him. I love how one of the versions says, it says, He wakens my ear to listen. Andrew, Andrew, wake up. I can't wait to speak to you. Wake up, Andrew. Emma, Emma, enough sweet dreams. 
I've got a plan and a purpose for you today. That was the secret of Jesus. The secret of Jesus and his ambassadorship was that God woke his ear every morning. Every morning he heard the voice of his father speaking to him, guiding him and giving him direction, strength for the day. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears and I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. It's a clear prophetic picture in Isaiah of the life that Jesus lived. Remember Jesus says, I only say what I hear my Father in heaven saying. I only do what I see my heavenly Father do. Why was Jesus willing to go through all that he went through? How was he able to endure it? How, was, how did he receive strength? Because he heard the voice of God the Father. He received that rhema word that came to life in him so that he can live out that life. Every morning, his daily bread. Began every day listening to the Father. Here, here are some results of Jesus listening to the Father each day. It's one, it's five results. He had words of encouragement for others. Because he heard from the Father, he didn't get so wrapped up with what was going on around him. No, no. I'm sorry. Your son might have passed away, but, you know, I've been ridiculed this morning. I've been accused falsely. I just don't have the the energy or the capacity to deal with this right now. Sorry, Lord. I've thought that. Secondly, he received personal direction for each day for himself. He received obedience. Do you know that hearing God's voice produces obedience? Encourages obedience? He received strength to go through all he had to go through. Now, I don't know about you, but he needed more than mere human strength. He needed supernatural strength. And he received that by hearing the Father's voice. I, I, would, I would love to tell you that it gets easier. But that would be a lie. Because the way God designed us is to increase in capacity. To be able to do more. I remember before I got married, I was like, how am I going to live with another person in the house? I'm so busy. And then Vicky fell pregnant with Heather. And I was like, oh my gosh, how? Another person in the house. Three people. Oh, we're so busy. We, like, we've got hardly time for each other. Now we're going to have to, you know, you know, figure out how we're going to do this parenting thing. And, uh, you know. And then Lily. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, what did I do with my time when I was single? And then Willow. It's like four women. What? what? Tim and Emma, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, 
all of a sudden you look back at your life and you think like, oh, I was actually not very uh, fastidious in my approach to time. (laughs) In that moment, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel rattled, we need that rhema word of God that it's good to have kids. <laughs> that it's good to let them go and build lives for themselves. That it's right and our responsibility to reach out and reconcile someone else. Not that we become Jesus, but we play our part for the sake of someone else. We stop living for ourselves and we start living for someone else. That's a decision we have to make every time we're faced with the reality of our hearts in that moment, friends. It's not like you get saved and all of a sudden it's like so easy to just die to myself. Hey, everyone. Yes. Lord Jesus, help us. And then the fifth one is he received determination. I love that. He received determination. Because he heard the Father's voice morning, day by day, he, he was able to say, I am going to set my face, some of the verses says, like flint, like a stone. I'm going to focus on what God wants me to accomplish today, and I'm going to do it. All of that came to Jesus through the hearing of the Father's voice. And hearing God's voice will do the same for you and me. will do the same for you and me. As we read in 2 Corinthians 2 uh, verse 5, we have certain responsibilities. We don't like that word today, do we? Responsibilities. It's got a certain ring to it. It doesn't quite agree with me. It's a real responsibility. But more than a responsibility, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be an ambassador. And we need to hear God's voice to fulfill these. We have a, we have a responsibility to, to the Lord to persuade others, like I, we read earlier. But we also have a responsibility to bring glory to God, even if it may make us look a little bit crazy. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can be a little bit of a glory thief. Oh, you preached so well this morning, Bernard. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But it makes me feel good. Don't be glory thief. We have a responsibility to be controlled by Christ's love. Our motivation for reaching out to play our part in reconciliation is Christ's love. What does that mean? I'm so glad you asked, Will. It means that it being controlled by Christ's love impacts how I relay the message. God loves you. No, no. God loves you. You need to open your ears and hear what I say so that your heart can be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. 
No, we are called to be controlled by Christ's love. Some version says, I'm compelled by Christ's love. Hearing God's voice stirs Christ's love in our hearts. We have a responsibility to believe. To believe that Christ died for all. Even those that don't deserve it. Even those that continually ridicule you. Even those that uh, may have set off. Let me not go there. Have you got somebody in your life that maybe you feel should not deserve salvation? We need to believe it. And that belief is a choice that we make. We've got a responsibility to no longer live for ourselves. But to live for Christ who died on our behalf, who chose to turn his back to be beaten and his beard to be ripped up. We've got a responsibility to stop evaluating others from a human point of view. It's not always that easy, hey? How, how, does, that, how does that work itself out? What does that look like? In that moment, when you're frustrated or irritated or you know, you're rushing around and the person that uh, comes across your path that maybe God wants to, to minister to through you does something that just irks you. Has that ever happened? Has that ever happened to you? I'm on my way somewhere. I'm, I, I've got a plan. I'm focusing. I'm praying. And, and then this person just comes and now stops me and wants to talk to me again. Oh my goodness, I've got to sort something out. But maybe God has set that moment in time as an opportunity to reach into their hearts. In that moment, I need to not look at that person through frustration. Like, God, is this a moment? Being led by the Spirit, right? We've got a responsibility to not evaluate others from a human point of view. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us change our view. We've got a responsibility to reconcile people back to God. We've got a responsibility to carry with us this message of reconciliation. We've got a responsibility to be Christ's ambassadors. And we've got a responsibility to let God make His appeal through us. Come back to God. That, my friends is living a life that is prophetic. We need to cultivate the habit of the Lord waking our ears every morning so that we can hear His voice first thing in the morning. Matthew 4 verse 4 says that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word. Every word that proceeds from His mouth. God is speaking to us all the time. But our ears need to be awoken. 
I love 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1 to 2. It says this, As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God said, At just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. When we live with God's voice waking us, we move from ambassadors. You can go to the next slide. We move from ambassadors to partners. 2 Corinthians 5, we are called to be ambassadors. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, as God's partners. Wow. Wow. What a privilege. What a privilege. Because he says, just read it with that mindset, that God says, I want you to partner with me. I want you to partner with me because at just the right time I heard you. Do you think that maybe God is not saying that to to the person in the moment that He wants you to reach out to them? Is that at just the right time, God heard that person crying out. And He chose to partner with you and me to impact their lives. Wow! How amazing is that? What an incredible privilege. That on the day of salvation, I helped you. By sending Guy to speak to you. Isn't that beautiful? On the day of salvation, it is indeed the right time now to make that day the day of salvation for that person. Wow, what a privilege that is. This is living a prophetic lifestyle, playing an active part in changing the future and destiny of the lives around us. Parents playing an active role in the lives and destiny of our children. Youth, you have the privilege to play an active role in changing the destiny of your friends. What an incredible privilege that is. Lord, help us to hear your voice every morning. Why don't you bow your heads as I just end off in prayer. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you call us to be your partners. To live prophetically in this town, in this nation in a time such as this, where people are desperate without knowing what they're desperate for. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for saving us. Lord, help us. Help us to hear your voice every morning. Lord, help us to be attentive to your voice. Help us to stir faith for our days, every day, to live prophetically to those around us, Lord God. Help us to recognize the moments that could turn into a day of salvation for those that you send across our way 
and us across theirs. Lord, I pray that we will let you dig deep into our hearts. That you will speak your rhema word into our being. And that it will produce, produce faith, Lord God, for what you've called us to. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.